0: Hi everyone, my name is Stephen Kilger. I'm the managing editor of Feeding Grain Magazine and the host of the Feeding Grain Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today as we dive deep into the issues affecting the feed manufacturing, grain handling, and allied industries. Today's episode is brought to you by the Bin Whip from Numat Systems. The powerful dual impact Bin Whip removes the toughest buildup and blockages in industrial storage silos without hazardous silo entry. Learn more today at binwhip.com. Today's episode is the second in a two-parter with Todd & Sargent's Vice President of Project Development, Alex Kerrigan. We are talking about what it's like to start a construction project in the feed manufacturing, grain handling, and processing industries, and in this episode we talk about the common issues that delay projects, information that should be gathered before the project starts, and what it's like to collaborate on a project of this scale. I hope you enjoy the interview. If you want to help out with a podcast and are listening to this in a podcasting app, please rate us and subscribe. If you're listening online, sign up for the Feeding Grain newsletter, Industry Watch, to see you every time we drop a new podcast and stay up to date with all the latest news from around the industry. Now, let's jump right in. One of the things I always thought was really interesting and probably a reason to bring in a contractor like Auden Sargent early is... You guys have access to other people who might have done the same thing and then access to maybe getting people tours through those facilities (laughs) and stuff like that to kind of look at, you know, what's best and what's new out there and what other people are building, which is really helpful. You'd be shocked at the amount of facility visits I go to and people like, yep, that's the best thing we did. We toured another facility that was similar to what we wanted so we can kind of understand what we liked about what they did. And what we might have to do for ourselves.
1: That's a great comment, Steve, because obviously we are building these facilities all the time. And I say all the time, and it certainly takes a a fair amount of time to build these facilities. But you know, we're building a feed mill or a grain elevator, or a flour mill, probably two or three a year, maybe of each industry per year. And an owner is could very well be building the first facility they ever thought of. You know, it might be a a hog integrator that has a lot of live operations and has a processing facility, but have been buying their feed from a tool miller. This might be a completely new venture to them. You know, a lot of times we'll hear from someone, "Hey, I just need a really fast plus or minus twenty five percent number to determine viability." But you know, there there's a lot more to it than that. I mean, th- this isn't some eighty, hundred thousand dollar house that you're building. This is a multi million dollar facility. If you're going to put in this type of investment. It's worth taking the time to see some of those those other facilities that uh, another individual has already constructed or, or that Todd and Sergeant maybe has constructed for this particular owner. It's good to see it. It's good to get ideas if you're an owner of how you might integrate some of the same best practices that that facility that you just looked at happens to have. It's good to hear about all the different processes of the construction. That way you can create something to make up that plus or minus 25% number in terms of the division of work. Hey, is it the contractor that's tackling the geotech or the civil coordination or engineering? Or is it the owner that's doing that? Does the owner have a good subcontractor or dirt worker that can handle something direct for them versus going through a construction company? You talk about, like I said before, all the things that come into play with the utilities. Hey, do you want the contractor to handle that? Or do you want to pay somebody directly to handle site utilities or railroad construction? Same thing goes with Cameras, fencing, uh, security items like that, rolling stock or furnishings. If you're an owner, you might have a buddy that lives up the road from you that can do all the finish work for an office, and you don't really need to pay a contractor markup to do something that you're capable of hiring your buddy to do. Yeah, all that design input for a new endeavor. It's really nice to get out there and, and see the sites. You're right, Steve.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like you said, with a lot of people like choose to do that too. They're like, I want to use local contractors and stuff for what I can use. That's a choice a lot of companies make to get some money into the communities they serve directly. And so here's another thing that I talk to a lot of facility people, and a lot of them we have the same conversation, which is like originally we thought we were going to just redesign this build. We're gonna redo our old mill. We are gonna put in a new penalty line. We were gonna expand. We're gonna renovate. But then we we actually started doing the research, and we decided it's just worth it to build new greenfield site. What are some of the Kind of decisions are factors that go into making people decide from, hey, can we update this old facility or do we have to build a new one? What are some of the more common things you see on that?
1: Yeah, great question. Determining between a renovation or new construction, those factors, there, there's a lot. Obviously, cost is always going to be the major factor that the dollars spent need to prove out on a return on investment. And I think that's pretty much what everybody thinks about when they're running their company is, hey, Is the money that I'm going to spend uh, on this massive asset going to have a good payback? And there's a lot of hidden items that uh, customers should be thinking about there. The first off is, how are the construction activities going to impact the current operations? And whether that's in productivity or safety, do you really want to have the headache of 20 guys walking around your plant during a shutdown or maybe while you're in operation? You have those concerns of hot work. You have those concerns of Of maybe lost productivity. And like I said, that safety side, you want to make sure that everybody that's in operations is in a safe condition while you also have these construction teams on site. And you just have to think through that. Does does this uh, retrofit plan or this shutdown work, does it make sense? And does it outweigh the cost savings to do that renovation versus building new? You ask yourself, hey, you know, like, Am I doing myself or my company a disservice by spending spending money on just a band-aid retrofit solution? That's gonna—it'll be nice for a few years, but heck, it might be a damn good down payment on a new facility. By doing this band-aid, am I missing out on a system, a new system, and better practices that are out there that are going to get me better yields? I think on a feed mill, putting in another batching scale or putting in a a higher accuracy batching scale or uh, the mineral scale, am I going to get? Better effectiveness out of that scale or that microsystem that saves me money by not, or by accurately weighing the amount of microsystems or the amount of ingredients that are going in versus some lost efficiencies and maybe some overage on, on high priced ingredients. Are you missing out on better maintenance, better safety of certain pieces of equipment? If you're building a brand new facility, chances are. You're thinking about providing access that's better than what you have in the current facility. I want to provide more stair access versus ladders and, and get my guys thinking more in terms of maintaining my equipment better than what I had before. Then the other part is just, I know when Todd and Sargent built a new office here 15 years ago versus the old office we we're in, is it better team morale? Like. I love being in this new facility that we work out of today, this new office. And yeah, would a, a lot of your team prefer to work at a facility with state-of-the-art improvements versus an old? I'm a farmer, so I think I can say this. You know, I, I know I've got some worn-out structures and I know I've got some worn-out equipment. And then I know I've got some really awesome precision equipment and, and tractors and combines. So it's, yeah, it's that, hey, do I like working in a state-of-the-art facility or a worn-out structure from days of old? And Obviously, you've got individuals that you've got to keep happy. You've got employees you've got to keep happy. And if somebody else has built a state-of-the-art facility 35, 45 minutes down the road, they might be swayed to want to go work for that group because of their new facility.
0: Same with your customers, right? Exactly.
1: That's what, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. It's our customers, you know, the, the processors of the world, the feed milling companies of the world, the flour mill companies of the world, grain elevators. They've got some facilities that are great to work in, and then they've got some that maybe are depreciated out. And like anybody these days, it's hard to get labor and you want to retain them. And one of those niceties is having a facility that's safe to work in, easy to maintain and good to be around every day. So,
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure you and I have both been in the facilities that have done retrofits, and you go from like one side where it's nice, it's clean, it's brightly lit, you can see everything you're doing, and then you look over across the room where they still have you know pigeons flying around and the old 50-year-old equipment, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I'd certainly rather work in one half of this than the other."
1: But having said that, I mean there is something to be said. I'll maybe uh, turn back on myself a little bit here. There is something to be said about having familiarity with the facility that you have already. Mm-hmm. This is maybe the thing that you have to consider for a newer facility. You've got to train your employees for new equipment versus the equipment and the intricacies that you've known for years or your employees have known for years. I I joke about it. Sometimes it's the Fonzie approach. You You hit the jukebox and it starts working. Well, hell, it's kind of the same thing. I'm not going to say that uh, you hit a pellet mill and it just starts working, but it's that thing of, hey, if I just do this, this, and this and tweak that, I just know that it purrs like a kitten when I do that, you know, and everything's going to be fine.
0: I know that clunking sound means it's about done.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, there are certainly some areas in your facility that you just, you know how to make it work and you can keep it running and just spinning like a top as long as you perform these particular PMs. And so, yeah, there's a lot to weigh when you're considering a new facility versus retrofitting or, you know, setting up a renovation for a facility.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we talked about it a little bit, but what are some common challenges that companies face? What do you see often when people are thinking about this new build? What should people expect?
1: Well, I don't know if competitor colleagues would agree or not. I bet they wouldn't be far from it as one of their their uh, top concerns. What's always the biggest difficulty is getting out of the ground. You know, when you're doing below grade work, it just so much comes into play. The common challenges that you might face or need to have mitigated or resolved has to do with the site work conditions. Is it a muddy mess? Are you working in the muck? Are you, are you in the bottom of a hole? Like, uh, literally, do you have a bunch of hills around you and are you building in a hole? Have you made the wise decision or I, I would like to say wise decision to build high and dry, you know, get, get up out of that hole, get, get your facility located. At least at a a higher spot than the the absolute lowest grade as it was surveyed out anyway. Delays that are due to permitting or utility approvals, I mentioned that before. Those are some of the most common challenges. Is you think you've had a phone call conversation with an authority having jurisdiction that went really well. And then you realize, well, hey, I didn't get anything in writing from them yet. And turns out it's gonna be a three-month review by their colleagues, and it might be six months before you get the permit that I told you last week you'd have in your hands by the end of the month. That happens a lot. And, and the, the biggest thing is everybody always says to themselves, location, location, location. You think that up front. Well, when you're in the middle of construction, all of us folks in the construction world say weather, weather, weather. Is it good weather conditions? Is it freezing cold? Are there winter conditions that need to be accounted for? If you're down in the south and it's 95 degrees or 110 degree heat index and you're Handle and rebar that you feel like is about to scald your hands, even through leather gloves. Those are challenges that you always have to deal with. So by setting up or sequencing your project so that you are building in conditions that the labor force is most productive in, it'll make a world of difference in the cost of the facility construction and obviously how long it takes to build it. If you're building a facility in... Uh, Iowa or Minnesota, and you're starting that construction in October, you're basically working through two winters and you're paying for that winterization cost to work through those two winters. You know, I, I guess I'd say those three things, Steve, are the biggest ones to me that I think of are the site, and its conditions, delays due to permitting or utility approvals, and then just where are you working at geographically and what are the weather conditions?
0: Yeah, all really good points because I've I see a lot of press releases, you know, for companies deciding to build a facility and stuff. I've never seen any of those projected dates of open be quite accurate. <laughs> they're always like, oh, no, definitely winter a year from now. And you're like, I don't uh, it doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I will do a shameless plug unless they're Todd and Sargent.
0: Uh, of course, of course. And that was that is no criticism to any construction company, because like I just think in in the mines, When you're planning these things out, in your mind, you're always like, everything's going to go perfectly. Everything's going to be smooth. We're not going to have delays with getting materials or, you know, trying to do slip form pouring in the middle of winter and a snowstorm's about to hit. Like, no one thinks about that stuff, right? In your head, it's just like, oh, no, we're just, this is how long it should take. This is how long it will take.
1: Yeah, but it's true in anything. The more time you can spend planning up front, the less hiccups or pitfalls that you tend to run into you know, throughout the construction process and startup process.
0: Yeah, definitely. And how can companies kind of, I don't know, use your expertise and talk to people and get kind of realistic budgets, first and foremost, and then timelines for their projects?
1: Like I mentioned there earlier, you know, somebody might ask for a plus or minus 25% number. The best thing is to have as well-defined enough scope as possible so that a pre-construction manager or project developer for a construction company can walk through every single aspect of the job with you and confirm that anything that's going to be needed to plan or develop or design this job is included in the scope of work that the owner is considering. That's a pretty vague answer, but like I said before, the more time you can spend putting it together, the better it is. And if that's a year in advance, man, you can cover a lot of development and design considerations in one year. It's a whole hell of a lot harder to pack all that into a two or three month time frame. Maybe I just uh, leave it at that, I think.
0: Yeah, and definitely a big advantage of working with a contractor like Todd and Sergeant is you have experience with that stuff. Because once again, it's easy to like, try to figure it out on pen and paper by yourself. Come up to what you think is going to be a realistic estimate. And then once you know you're in the field, it just doesn't work out that way. But the
1: nice thing is, most owners know what they want. Most owners, before they build a facility, have some great ideas. And all we really do is just take those great ideas and take those thoughts and we just start soundboarding off of each other. We just, this is a great idea. Let's consider these particular variables that might impact it. That's really all it is. A lot of the time is you have a technology provider, you have an owner, you have a construction company, you have a designer, you have an engineer and some field operations guys that talk about constructability. And at least here at Todd and Sargent, you know, we just we all just sit around the table and we start running through the scope of work and putting together a custom a custom fit or a tailor fit solution for whatever that awesome idea was that the owner started out with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In writing and anything, right? Those are the times that things actually get done when you can just sit down with a group and bounce ideas off each other and talk things through. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to me and our listeners today. I really appreciate it. We can have you back on soon.
1: Yeah, I had a lot of fun most people in the industry are aware. I usually run long and chat quite a bit. So hopefully I didn't bore everyone to death. Hopefully there is some iota of knowledge you can gain out of the interview here. And yeah, look forward to catching up with you soon, Steve.
0: Oh, you're selling yourself short. There's a reason that your feeding grains go to. We always love the information you do and we think you do a great job. Thank you everyone for listening out there and we will see you next time. Stay safe.